0: And you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicatiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here today with Nicole Wood, who is the CEO and co-founder of Ama La Vida, an innovative coaching company that helps people to achieve both deep fulfillment and phenomenal success in their careers. She loves building something from nothing and seeing the impact it can make in the world. After landing her dream job in management consulting at PwC, she quickly learned it wasn't actually her dream. She began her own journey of self-discovery with the leadership coach they provided her with and eventually uncovered her true dream to create her own business that could help everyone find the same clarity she did. Nicole has been featured in publications like Fortune, Bustle, Glassdoor, and CNBC. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So before we jump into a topic that I feel like we're all thinking about, I feel like often these days as entrepreneurs... Um. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, as you mentioned, I'm the
1: co-founder and CEO of Amalavita. We're a coaching company that spans everything from career to life to health and well-being to leadership. Um, we believe that you're While we think about these things in those compartments, you're a whole human being. And so we have to coach you that way. We'll have people who come to us who are like, I really want to be a better leader. But we start to realize what's happening at home is really shaping how they're showing up at work. And so Mm -hmm. it's so important that we're focusing on that whole person. Um, And like you shared, my kind of journey to coaching started when I was at my own crossroads of like, I know I don't want to do this job anymore or forever, but what the heck is next? And how do you figure out what that is? Um, And so for a long time, I did nothing. I just was like, well, I guess it's another day um, until I was exposed to coaching. And I was like, this is the most valuable resource I've been given. Why hasn't everyone around me done this. Um, and I realized that at the time, it was pretty much reserved for the C-suite. Um, it was too expensive. It really didn't feel approachable to people like me. And so teamed up with my co-founder to start a company that really made coaching more accessible and more relatable to folks earlier on in their careers. So that's what I do now. Seven years later, I'm also the mom of a two and a half year old daughter named Isabel. Um,
0: Wife and two dogs here in Chicago. Amazing. I. It's interesting you mention about coaching being only available to the C suite and sort of not super accessible. I just think back to my first job and how um, green I was, and how like I had such intense imposter syndrome in meetings, like feeling like I had nothing to offer and nothing to give. And granted, it was at the beginning of my career, and those are super normal feelings when you're yeah. new. But I just wonder how different my trajectory would have been if I had access to someone who could have coached me through experiencing some of that. Um, I mean, I'm absolutely grateful for the career that I have, but it's just interesting now having had a coach and many different types of coaches, um, if I had that sort of empowered support earlier on, how it would have impacted me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people think about it like, there has to be a problem to seek a coach. And so they don't even, or they don't even know that it's an option. And it really is such a proactive thing to help you just like the best athletes have coaches. It's someone Mm -hmm. who has that experience or that perspective that can help you sooner. And I think about that a lot too, especially in this kind of hybrid remote world that they're in now, particularly for those junior employees, because what we did have, and I'm making assumptions about your career was that, you were learning through observation or you were getting Mm -hmm. that debrief after the meeting. And so much of that is absent now. And so I think it's even more important to have these support structures around you like coaches who can help with some of those things. If you're not getting that kind of in-person exposure.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, so we're not here though, to talk about coaching today, Mm -hmm. we're here to talk about something that's so important. Um, and it's also something that I feel like we hear talked about more and more and more in like our sort of modern entrepreneur world, as more people have become coaches, like more people have taken on um, running a business themselves like you did, is this idea of boundaries. And I want to talk with you about what it means, how do we set them, where in our life do we look to set boundaries? And we talked a little bit before this recording how this can be really broad. Um But I want to try to cover the general idea um, and help people understand how this can be supportive to them, specifically as a solopreneur, because many of us are running our business by ourselves. And so much of that requires setting clear boundaries for ourselves, for our friends, for our family. So maybe we can just start with like, let's start at the beginning. What do we we mean when we say set boundaries? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. I think it means different things to different people.
1: For me, I worry about anything anywhere ever that is so black and white, because that's not (laughs) the way that the world exists. And I think you can really pigeonhole yourself um, into a rigid place when you had a good intention. So Mm. I personally don't like to think about boundaries as rules, which is what I think a lot of people think like, oh, I will only do this or I will not do that. Um, I think that can be helpful at times, but also dangerous. And so actually one of the coaches on the Amalavita team gave me an analogy that I really like, which is to think about boundaries like fences instead of walls or rules, because they're containing something, but they can also be moved based on the season you're in in your life or something unexpected that comes up. And so that's how I like to think about it and how that plays out might be instead of saying... I will only do X. Maybe you have a system of three questions you ask yourself about whether or not you're going to do X. And so mm-hmm. it's like, what, how can you create something that's a little bit more fluid, even though it still
0: has some structure and a framework behind it? I love that idea so much. And and so the idea of a boundary is what? To, to support us, to how how would you explain that? I guess. To me, it's it's a system that
1: helps you live and behave aligned with your values. So I think it has to start from like, what's important to me, whether that's, Hey, how am I structuring my life and work? Because that's important to me. Or I know this is the number one priority in my business right now. So what boundaries am I going to put in place to honor that? It's really, Mm -hmm. how am I then setting those rules, checking in with myself and holding myself accountable in a systematic way to make sure that my behavior actually matches what I'm saying is important.
0: Interesting. I I really like that because I I actually feel like I always see boundaries spoken of in terms of burnout or you're doing too much, and so you're like mm-hmm. setting boundaries and saying, you know, it's not to be too rigid, but like you know, I'm not gonna do this or I'm gonna cut back on this or I'm gonna put my phone away at seven p.m. so I'm not on it all night and exhausting myself. But the way you just explained it, I'm hearing it differently. Do you feel like boundaries? fit both or do you feel like the way I'm thinking of it or I typically hear of it, you would say is not as accurate of a a representation in your mind?
1: Yeah, I think it is accurate, but it's focusing on the what you're losing versus the what you're gaining. So like, I'm not going to be on my phone or I'm not going to respond to emails. Okay, but why? Because family is important to me and that is my value. And so this boundary exists to protect my family time, not because I'm like, oh, I have to do fewer emails. That's not the point. The point is, what is the thing that's important to you? And then what's the rule that's going to sustain that or the system that's going to sustain that?
0: Yes, I love that rethinking. I've never thought of it that way. Do you feel like that, like with the clients that you work with, that feels like a more powerful way for them to set boundaries It maybe feels more connected to them?
1: Yeah, I think so, because it's easy to get caught up in the, well, what am I losing? Like Maybe I'm not the most responsive person on the team anymore. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. And there's going to be pieces when you set a boundary that are trade-offs and that are hard and can be identity shifting at times as different things in your life um, take place. like You have a child or Mm -hmm. um, you start a business. And so I think it's important to acknowledge and accept that there are pieces that you'll have to let go of, but that you're focusing on the why behind it, which is living aligned with your value and what's important to you about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I really, really like that. So listeners thinking, okay, like, how do I know I need to set a boundary? Where are Mm -hmm. boundaries supportive for me in terms of we're thinking about entrepreneurs and specifically solopreneurs? How would you guide us in figuring out where we might want to set up some of these fences or boundaries?
1: Yeah, I think there's the personal and kind of holistic aspect mm-hmm. to it. So really making sure you have defined what your values are and that you've done that recently because they do shift over time. Um, I think about seasons a lot in life and that brings different needs. And so making sure you really understand what those values are for you and then take a real like time and focus inventory of Am I actually honoring the things that I'm saying are important to me? Um, And I think you can do the same thing with your business too. Like I'm saying that business development is the most important thing to me. But I look at my calendar and I'm stuck in all these meetings or whatever it is all day long... And it's easy to get sucked into those things. But then what's my system or boundary that I'm creating to make sure that I'm honoring what I'm saying is important to me in my business?
0: hmm Yeah, so true. To, I really like the idea of coming from your values and figuring out where am I not aligned with those values and how can I set myself up to stay more aligned with them? One thing I'm thinking is sometimes it can be hard to figure out what our values are. Do you have like Mm -hmm. any suggestions or like an exercise we can do to, it seems simple, but I think sometimes it can be hard to sort of put into words what our values are, personal or business. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions for gaining clarity on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, through coaching, it's all about self-reflection. And so it would be a series of questions that you would ask. I'll say one thing that people tend to get stuck on, like if you're struggling to identify it in yourself, take it external. So think about who are people you really respect, whose lives do you want to emulate and then list some of their qualities and characteristics. And that might point you to the things that you value, even if you can't just like come up with those words on your own.
0: Right. And I don't know, this might be a silly question, but would you say to like, try to really narrow it down to like, Your top three values. Like I can see there being like 10 things listed on the paper. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, I think it is okay because you value those things. But again, going back to the like, we'll often do a a pie chart version of it. And that's really where things will shift. So right now, you know, I have a toddler. I'm in a season of life where family is really important to me and it's taking up a bigger share of time and brain space. And I'm, so happy with that, but I have to understand then what gets smaller to make that whole thing fit. So I think it's okay to have lots of things that you value and not have to give up any of them at different times, but understanding how they need to shift in terms of the space they take up.
0: Yeah. And thinking about revisiting them, would you recommend like, I don't know, once a quarter, just sort of sitting down and saying, like, does this all still feel aligned once a year? Is there any sort of frequency that you would recommend looking at it? Yeah, I don't think they'll shift quarterly, like
1: what your values are, but I think the whole pressures and the things that will make you stray from actually adhering to them do. Mm. So I would implement systems, maybe it's quarterly that you check in with yourself to make sure that you're um, living aligned with those. And that can be something like the time audit. That can be something like three questions you ask yourself every quarter Mm. to make sure you're doing the most important things or... Um, even funny little systems you can invent for yourself. So one that I do from time to time, I call it the, the Delma test. Delma is my daughter's nanny and She's amazing and wonderful and reliable. And there have only been a couple of times where you know she's had to call out sick Her has been unavailable for a certain reason. And on those days, I'm like, what am I clearing from my calendar? I'm mm-hmm. only going to take the stuff that's super important. How am I going to hand things off to my team? And sometimes I'll just do that for myself. Like if I didn't have childcare today what would I clear from my calendar? What is that telling me about where I'm spending my time versus what's actually important? So I think you can kind of create these little systems that help you adhere. And that's something that you would want to do frequently, but I don't think your values would shift all that much. Maybe every couple of years you'd
0: redefine them. Right. Such a good point. So in your experience, where do you see we most often need to look for these boundaries? Like, would you say there are a couple areas where you find people most often need to put boundaries?
1: I think it depends on the type of person that you are. If you are um, a real people pleasing oriented person, a lot of times you do have to police that to make sure that you are creating time for the things that support you and your business. Um, clients, that's something that comes up all the time. So mm-hmm. how... Are you protecting your time and resources while you want to go so far above and beyond, but also not devaluing what you're bringing to the table? Um, I think those are big ones. And then there's kind of the your business and and your life and where and those are so intertwined as an entrepreneur. Like we are one and the same, and we often do things because we love to do it and it doesn't feel like work, but that doesn't mean it's always healthy for us and that we Mm. um, should be doing that nonstop. We all know that intuitively, like rest is important and being present in other spaces is important. But um, I think often because we love our work, it's easy to let those things slip.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's almost like we can love our work, but when we connect to it from a place of values, we can see where okay, I love my work, but I'm not living aligned with what I want to put into it or what I want to get out of it or why I'm doing this. It's, It's interesting that we become our own boss to live life the way we want to or to run things the way we want to. But then if we check in, we're like, wait a second, I'm working 15 hours a day and I don't like the way my life looks. And if I had a boss, I probably wouldn't be living like this. And yet I'm still living so out of alignment with what I actually want.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I think about it all the time because I'm, I'm like, and my husband will be like, "Aren't you the boss? Can't you yeah. make this decision?" And it feels almost like when you're an entrepreneur, you're working for everybody else. Everyone yeah. is now mm-hmm. your boss, and so it is. There are so many nice things about flexibility to it, but it's easy to slip into those patterns because you do have things that you owe whether it's to clients or to people who are supporting you and working with you and you're grateful for that and you feel like then something is owed to them. So mm-hmm. it can be dangerous.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think like, you've mentioned people pleasing is one reason to set boundaries. And I imagine a reason why maybe we don't naturally set boundaries, right? Cause we have like a natural tendency to people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um being an entrepreneur and that flexibility that can be good but also dangerous. Are there any other I'm sure there are reasons why setting boundaries can be hard cuz like we're talking about it and it all sounds good and well but yet many of us don't set boundaries. Can you share a little bit about why we don't and and in addition, you know, maybe how can we start to overcome that and create a better system or systems for ourselves?
1: I mean, the the very first thing is even awareness, like Mm. people might not even realize that there is this misalignment until they take the time to reflect on it. And because we are so go, 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 building time in for reflection often doesn't happen. And so I think step one is to even be aware of, am I living and honoring these boundaries um, or these values that I have for myself? Um, I think that people pleasing is huge, because we just don't want to disappoint. And that's what it feels like is by saying, no, I'm letting someone else down versus focusing on what you again, what am I losing versus what am I gaining from that. And then I think that Kind of back to what I was saying before, it's not even the setting so much as it is the adhering. So you might say, this is something I want to do. But unless you have real accountability systems, it's hard to stick with it over time and really easy to kind of shift back.
0: Mm -hmm. And accountability systems, of course, coaching is an accountability system. For people who maybe aren't ready to invest in coaching or don't want to invest in coaching, could you suggest another way to hold it, stay accountable to the systems that you've created?
1: Yeah. I mean, peer groups are great. And that can be, I think people think they need to spend a lot of money on like professional organizations to be part of it. But that could be as simple as like, I meet with two people in the same industry as me every month and we mm-hmm. just chat about what's going on. Or I say to them, but the next time we meet, Make sure I did this thing, right. um, so that can be really helpful. But it can even be as simple as those like self-governing systems yep. of how you manage your calendar or the questions that you ask yourself or the frameworks that you develop.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would recommend putting that check-in for anyone listening on your calendar. Treat it like absolutely a, a client call, like so, because we can hold ourselves accountable. But then when we don't do that, because we decide to do client work, and then we never check in, we're a year later, and we're totally Mm -hmm. blown out of our boundaries. So Mm -hmm. holding yourself accountable means treating yourself like a client, you know? Absolutely. And if you can make that
1: public in whatever fashion Mm -hmm. feels comfortable to you, so maybe you write a blog post about it every quarter, or you share something on your Instagram about mm-hmm. how you're doing this check-in because it's easy even when we put those holds on our calendar to just ignore yep. them or move them <laughs> along. So the the more you, you say it out loud, the more you'll stick to it.
0: Yeah. And I think there's something to be said too for kind of like, so reinforcing a habit, right, is about connecting with the benefit that you experience from it or like why it feels good. And so I wonder if there's an element too of, oh, I feel really good when I do this because I feel really clear on where I'm going and I feel less burned out or I feel more excited about my work. And like, almost like taking a minute to be in that space of like, how do I like reflect? How do I feel after I spend time doing this? So maybe you're less likely to blow it off because you're like, no, I'm I'm really craving that clarity. I know I'm going to feel good after I do this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's like creating
1: that reward for yourself right. in that moment um, and really internalizing that. I think that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. advice. Yeah.
0: Well, I I absolutely love this different way of thinking about boundaries. I've honestly never thought about it like this before. And I feel like it's really, really helpful. Um, so before we shift gears, if listeners were to, were to walk away with nothing but this, what would that one thing be?
1: I think what I want people to consider also is that there's no one size fits all with boundaries. So it's easy to want to police yourself in the way that someone else would. So for example, you might be the person who is going on vacation and you feel bad because you're like, Oh, I'm checking my email. But let's say you get massive anxiety. And this is me where The not knowing is worse than the seeing and then putting it away. That works for me. So I'd like to do one check a day, know what's going on, put it away, and then I can clear my brain. Otherwise, my brain all day long is going to be thinking about what could be in that inbox. Mm -hmm. That works for me. For somebody else, they might need to delete the email app on their phone and not even be tempted. And that works for them. And so I think don't worry so much about what you should be doing as a boundary, think about the physical and emotional response that that's creating for you. Is that creating stress or relieving stress and make sure that that boundary is really tailored to you as an individual and how you know you operate.
0: Right, it's less about giving ourselves another thing that we have to do because someone else is doing it and more like really tuning in, like what do I need to feel aligned and happy and connected, whatever it is, and yeah, and not trying to put yourself in some box of what everybody tells you or whatever article you look up tells you that you should do. Exactly. Yeah. We're very good at doing that to ourselves. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. So switching gears, what are you getting intentional about right now?
1: A couple things. One is enjoying the summer. I live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We have precious few beautiful days and <laughs> yes. I want to take advantage of them. And yep. I've been renovating my condo for two years and it's finally wow. done. So I'm at the point of like, I want to sit still and just enjoy and really just kind of romanticize my life in a way around mm-hmm. the summertime. So I'm excited for that. And then the other thing is um, I'm getting more intentional about social media and being present and real and we've i feel like have a really polished um instagram and social media presence and we've not done a great job of really showing our true selves showing the behind the scenes so i will be very present on our instagram in the coming months and i'm really excited about it and seeing it as a fun way um to
0: really connect with our community love that Authenticity is currency. I just said that in a post uh, the other day. I just feel like oh, I'm craving it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. Before we sign off, um, where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? So, as I said, I will be all day on all of your Instagram, Instagram <laughs> at ALV
1: Coaching.
0: And then our website is just ALVCoaching.com. Okay, perfect. I'm so grateful for you and everything that you shared. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. Yes. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.